The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose any medical condition, replace the advice of a healthcare professional, or provide any medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Copyright 2020, Fireteam Whiskey, LLC, all rights reserved. Welcome to the Warrior Wellness Podcast, a podcast for military members, veterans, and first responders focusing on fitness, health, nutrition, and biohacking. Our mission with this podcast is to introduce America's heroes to lifestyle habits and hacks that will help them live healthier, happier lives, and in turn, be fit enough to continue their support of their communities and country. All right, Sean. Well, thank you so much for joining us for the Warrior Wellness Podcast. We appreciate you being on and uh, as a a fellow Army um, soldier, we always appreciate that. I, I like interviewing Army people. So um, you are on, you yeah, you're welcome. You are on the Warrior Wellness Podcast because you are an author of a book. So um, I wanted to ask you um, first, just give us a brief summary of your military career so far. Yeah, so I've been in the military for 12 years now um, as a military police officer. Uh, I served as a medic in my first deployment and a, uh, I don't want to say sniper, but a, a designated squad marksman in my second deployment. Um, I've been to Fort Carson, Schofield Barracks, Joint Base Lewis-McChord, and then now I'm currently stationed at uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, where I'm a um, military police senior leader course instructor. Okay, awesome. So let's get right to the book, um, because that's that's kind of what we're talking about, and uh, congratulations. That's, that's a huge accomplishment to be an Thank author you. of a book. That's awesome. So um, in your book, it's called Ghosts of the Valley. You said you wanted this book to serve as, as a benefit to soldiers who have not yet deployed, civilians who struggle to understand the average combat veteran, and the soldiers who have redeployed that struggle in the recovery process. Can you kind of expound upon that and, and why you wrote this book? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for obvious reasons, the guys who have been there, done that kind of thing, I, I wanted them to know that they're not alone in, in whatever they're feeling. Um, you know, is every, every situation is different when you deploy, but I, I wanted there to be a connection between us combat veterans who, who have gone and, and done that. But, you know, I didn't want it to just be for combat veterans. I wanted it to serve, I wanted to kind of break things down. You know, I wanted to talk in a military manner and keep the uh, reader engaged on how we, you know, how we talk, how we just our demeanor of, of things, but I wanted a basic civilian who's never really been around that stuff to understand kind of like where we're coming from. I wanted there to be a connection between the veteran and the civilian community so they have a better understanding so they could sympathize a little bit more um, of where we come from. And then obviously the guys who have never deployed, I want this to be a tool for them to um, use our experiences, our endeavors, our failures and successes to hopefully make their future conflict or war that they fight in easier for themselves um, through our experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And you, um, you said a little later and, um, I'll, I'll hop that to that because that ties in what, to what you just said a little bit. Um, you, you talked about how you didn't want, um, this book to kind of, um, glorify war. Right. And we see that a, a lot in, um, you know, first time deploying military members or, or people who want to enlist in the military. And it's like, I want to go to war. I want to shoot some shit, you know? And, um, I love that you, you oh, yeah. were mindful about that and that you, you state that, um, often that you're, you're, you didn't write this book to glorify war, but to expose the horrors of it. So can you kind of talk a, a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the example you gave, I, I think we all kind of thought like that. 
You know, we all wanted to go down range. We all wanted to, you know, serve our country in some capacity. We want to, you know, we grew up watching war movies and playing a soldier in the backyard. You know, we, we grew up doing these things and we wanted to actually fulfill that to feel like we had some purpose. And so, yeah, I, I'm not ignorant to the fact that we all have those thoughts that we wanted to go down range and fight the good fight. But when you actually get in the fight, it's not as, as glorified as you think it is, as the movies make it and everything. And there is, you know, it's a two-way range. Those bullets come at you and people get hurt and innocent people get hurt. And you, you see what humans can do to other humans and how um, brutal it can be. Uh, and it takes a toll on your psyche after a while. So, yeah, I, I, I just, uh, again, I just wanted these experiences to um, expand on teaching future generations so that we can make, you know, the next generation better than what we we've kind of experienced. Yeah, fantastic. So, um, can you talk about? I mean, you're very open about the fact that um, you struggled with PTSD. Um, can you talk about maybe some some things that you were struggling with before you kind of realized, hey, this might be PTSD? What were you struggling with? Um, so I was never I never got into alcohol. So like. Yeah, you know, I'm Native American, so I'm naturally, it's in my blood to be an alcoholic, probably, and I did not want to go down that route, and I, I, I stayed away from that. To this day, I've never opened a beer to myself. I've never had a sip. Um, I, I just wanted to find other, re or other outlets um, to get my mind off of things instead of alcohol and drugs, um, but, you know, coming back from my first deployment, it was, I was alone. I was single. Um, it, it was dealing with the first time emotions of like, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel so alone? Why do I feel like I don't have purpose anymore? Um, you know, I feel like I went and did the, the thing. I, I, I had my purpose of serving my country. Now I'm back here doing what? Attending some online briefings, doing some BS training. And you're just like, you know, you almost feel like, okay, I fulfilled the max. And now like, what do I need to do next with my life? And, and then it was obviously struggling with the typical, you know, I wasn't, it, for me, it wasn't crazy, but like loud noises and little things like that got to me um, just naturally, I guess. Um, and then the second deployment was worse just because there were some events that happened that kind of rolled up my second deployment being extremely close with the enemy, um, closer than I ever imagined I'd ever be. And um, just dealing with, I guess, uh, a little bit of guilt here and there and, um, being startled easily and not sleeping well. So things like that. Not me, for me personally, again, I, I didn't have it as bad as others, but I, I recognized very quickly that I had a problem I needed to get fixed. Okay. So uh, you say, you know, you, you realized you, you had a problem you, you needed to get fixed. Did you struggle with that? Because I mean, I, I ran military mental health programs for a decade. <laughs> so, you know, I was in the army for 10 years and then I was a mental, a military mental health provider for 10 years. So, okay, so you've seen <laughs> yeah, I've seen both sides. So I, I, I know how hard it is that struggle. I mean, that's the hardest part is to, you know, a admit that the, something's wrong and that you can't yeah. fix it yourself. You need help and B to actually go ahead and, and, get connected with a professional. Did you struggle with that? Did you feel like your career would be, um, you know, would be threatened if you came forward and got help? Yeah, there was that stigma of like, you go see the wizard, your career is done. And I, and I kind of did stay away a little bit, you know, when I came back from the first one, but it got into the point where I was like, fuck my career. Like, I got to talk to somebody because <clears throat> I have no idea why I feel the way I do. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. 
and it, and it, and it did help a little bit, you know, talking to somebody and, um, started to help me get back on my feet and understand why I felt the way I did and stuff. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's completely a stigma that needs to be defeated, that it's going to ruin your career. So. Right. Well, I love that you said that. Cause I do remember saying that so many times to people like, dude, you can't have a fucking career if you're dead, you know, or if you literally can't get out of bed, you know, like, so that's kind of silly because it's like, okay, well, I don't want to get help. You know, it's going to affect my career. Well, it's already affecting your career. You're, and you're on this path towards, you're going to be crazy low functioning and you're going to get, you know, your military career is going to be affected anyway, or you're going to kill yourself. And, you know, in some way, shape or form, yep. either, whether it be overdosing on, you know, alcohol or pills or drugs or, or driving too fast on your motorcycle and wrecking, you know, whatever it is, dead is dead. You have no career when you're dead. Um, so, yeah, so I'm so glad to hear that you, you kind of, you know, recognize that and, and said, yeah, I mean, I'd rather just lose my career and feel better. You know, that's, that's, this isn't the most important thing. Why do you think that, that people get in that mindset, soldiers, especially, um, and Marines, especially get in that mindset where it's like, there's, there's nothing outside. You know, if I lose my career, that's the end of everything. Why, why do you think that is? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because it's a lot of A-type personalities in the military. A lot of, a lot of guys and girls who just, you know, just get out of my way. I'll, I'll handle it. I'll fix it myself kind of thing. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know where it stemmed from when it, where it kind of originated. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but you know, when I came in in 08, that was the stigma. Um, I don't know if maybe someone had a, a couple of people had a bad experience and they thought that was the stem of the problem. Maybe they assumed, Oh, I talked to somebody. That's why I'm not getting chosen for this job or whatever. And then they just started that rumor and everyone just kind of ran with it. I mean, I have no clue, but I, I mean, I could tell you from experience that, you know, um, you know, I, I can't say much just because I, I did sign a non-disclosure agreement, but in 2015, I was selected to come be invited to a tryout for a special missions unit. And I had to go through an entire psyche eval. This is clearly after my deployments. Um, it really only, what, three years after my deployments. Uh, and uh, if, they, if they were willing to accept me into the special operations community, then that should just show you that that stigma needs to be broken. That It's not going to stop you from going to get help. <laughs> so, at least say and, that from and and I could say uh, laughably that the spec the special ops guys that I've known personally are the craziest motherfuckers I've ever met. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it comes with the territory. All right. So, um, what yeah. I also wanted to ask you. So, so you said you you reached out, you got help. What what did you try? I mean, what what worked for you? What didn't work? What what was what was your path to to healing? Um, everything: electric therapy, sleep therapy, cognitive therapy, exposure therapy, group therapy, individual therapy. I mean, you fucking name it. I've done it all. Um, and and for the most part, it, it, it you know for the first for me, it took a long time. You know, for the first couple of years doing it on and off, um, you know, I was in leadership position. So I was always busy coming up with excuses why I couldn't go to behavioral health. And then I would go once every six months or every couple of months or whatever. And it was just a temporary band-aid. I went in there, I talked to the doctor, I got things off my chest and it felt good in that moment. And then I walked out the office and I was like, well, that didn't do anything because now I still feel the same or I'm back to reality kind of thing. And I just kept denying that it wasn't going to get me anywhere. 
And I just, I had to just keep beating at it. I had to keep, keep going, keep talking to different people, uh, keep revisiting ideas, being introduced new ideas as to why I feel that way. And it just honestly took a long time. Um, and I had to find new outlets. I had to go to the gym, take my anger out somewhere else, find somewhere that's more productive and positive so I could see good change. And then ultimately, um, was the book, you know, I, I, like I said, I've always been in leadership positions, but when I got here to Fort Leonard Wood, this is the first time I haven't had soldiers underneath me. I'm, I'm literally by myself. My phone's been on silent since like last August when I got here. Um, there's no field cycles. There's no late night crazy shifts. Um, and so this was the first time since I've become a Sergeant in 2010 that I've had this. Um, so, you know, the past decade of being on the go. And when I was here at Fort Leonard Wood, I found out very quickly that PTSD will evolve to your situation. So all those years where I could just go to the field and be with my soldiers and go, 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 the PTSD kind of got suppressed in a way. I didn't have to think about it as much. Uh, but now I'm here in Missouri. My next neighbor is like 300 meters down the road. Uh, it's very extremely quiet out here. No one's bugging me. I'm off super early. And that left me a lot of time to think. And I was going through doors I hadn't been through in some time. And then I was feeling new pain you know, August, September, October of last, almost exactly a year ago. Uh, and then I was like, I have to do something I've never done before. I have no idea. And somebody had mentioned, put your pain on paper, write, write about it. So I just kind of opened up Microsoft Word, typed away. And within two months, the book was done. And I found my new purpose was to help people. Wow. That's awesome. And that, that's so rare for men. I mean, really, because, you know, that's, that's a classical therapeutic technique. I mean, I'm classically trained in medical mental health and that's one of the tools, you know, is what we're told to tell clients is to write things down. I mean, when you're, when your thoughts are racing or you feel like you just need to work through something, write it down. And men has, men have always been kind of, you know, like, Oh, I'm not writing that. What is that? Like a diary? That's girly, you know, like that's silly. Why would I write it down? Um, they don't, you know, seem to connect very much with, with that, you know, physically putting it on paper or typing it out. So that's, that's awesome that you did that. And that's, that's rare that, you know, you as a man, you know, chose that and that helped you as a tool for, for healing. Did you, um, and now if this is too personal, we can skip forward. I mean, did you, did you try? Okay. Did you, did you try any, um, psychoactive drugs? Were there any, um, you know, therapeutic techniques yeah, medically? Nothing. Nothing, nothing too crazy. I think, I think I did like like Xanax, Zoloft for like your uh, your basic anxiety, depression. I can't remember the the sleeping ones, like mini press and some other stuff. They they were okay. Like it, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was placebo for all I know. You know, maybe it could have been you know Skittles. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Some days I felt good. Other other days I felt bad. And I'm thinking like, well, these things just aren't working. And I don't want to keep going back and just keep changing the drugs and messing with my chemicals in my brain. I just didn't feel like that was going to help either. So um, I, I honestly just try to stay away from the psychic drugs unless I absolutely need them. Like I have like Boosperin, which is like if I'm, I'm mm -hmm. feeling like a lot of bad anxiety, I can take it and it'll, it'll calm me down. But it also like knocks me out to go to sleep too. So it doesn't really help during the day. But uh, yeah, I just try to stay away from it. And I just try to talk to people or like I said, find those different outlets to get my mind off of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I love that you said, talk to people. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, the first thing you want to do when you're feeling anxious or, or depressed, you, you want to isolate, you know, and you, you don't want to talk to people and you kind of have to force it sometimes, even if you're not feeling it, but it's always such a healthy thing to just make connections, you know, yeah. just, just to reach out. Um, 
And I love that you mentioned fitness. You know, obviously Fireteam Whiskey is a military health and fitness company. And, um, you know, we work with a lot of military veterans and military members. And, you know, it we are very open about communicating that, you know, this is a part of your holistic health. You know, it's not just, you know, having big biceps and being able to do a lot of push-ups and doing a good run. It's not about, you know, looking good in your bathing suit. It's also about what's going on in here, you know, in your head. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you don't see me pointing at my head, but you know, it's, if you're messed up inside, in your brain, in your heart, in your spirit, no amount of time you spend in the gym or dieting is going to fix that, but it can be a tool to help you heal inside. Like you said, you took that kind of anger you were feeling that that negative energy and put it towards something positive like working out yeah exactly did you um did you try any nutritional interventions were you just kind of watching what you eat or no i kind of suck at nutrition (laughs) well we could help you with that so um the last thing i wanted to ask you about was um your uh comprehensive list of resources that you included in your book can you talk a little bit about why this was important to include yeah i mean i so i wrote the book it was all done and then i was like well what else can i do to help veterans you know if i was getting out the army tomorrow what would i want to know to to you know get help and so i just kind of just googled different resources some were va some were not Obviously, there's not all the resources in the world, but I try to break it down subject-wise. You know, uh, you know, transportation, health, mental health, uh, phone numbers, websites. I just wanted to, like a baseline idea, so if, if you know veterans needed an idea of where to go, they can. You know, this is just an idea. This is just a um, an example. But hopefully, they're like, oh, I've never heard of this program. What else is there? And then hopefully, they'll do some more self-research to get that help. But I wanted to provide something, so if they picked up the book, they had some type of resources for themselves. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's such a great idea. I mean, if if somebody makes that connection with you and what you were struggling with and says, "Hey man, I'm going to I'm going to do like what Sean did and I'm going to go get some help." You know, and I'm sure some people have already done that from reading your book and many more will from reading your book. So to have that right on hand is is amazing. I mean, you're handing them the resources. It's like that's the hardest part is like, Oh, okay. Now I want help, but where do I go now? So you hand it right yeah. to them. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Sean, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the warrior wellness podcast. Do you have any closing remarks or anything else you want to bring up before we close out? Uh, no, if anyone wants to get a hold of me though, I, I'm very, like I said, I'm very open to, to helping other veterans, whatever. So they could find me on, on social media um, Sean Tobias Amory's on Facebook, um, or uh, on Instagram. I do a lot of giveaways. Uh, I, I connect with a lot of veteran businesses to try to get them exposure, uh, and give giveaways and prizes to other veterans and stuff like that, um, to help them out as well. And they can find me on Instagram at uh, chief underscore pink mist. Um, and, uh, usually I check all my messages, even my request box. So if veterans need someone to talk to, they just got to message me. I'll even give out my personal cell phone, email, whatever they need. Um, just reach out for help. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sean. And all of those links will be included in the show notes for this podcast, especially the link where you can get this book, Ghosts of the Valley on Amazon. Thanks so much, Sean. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. I would love for you to leave us a review. 
If you leave us a review on any of the podcast platforms that you're listening to this podcast or on YouTube, go ahead and screenshot that review and email it to us at info at fireteamwhiskey.com and we will send you a little thank you gift as a token of our appreciation for taking the time to do that. Make sure to include your mailing address so we can get that thank you gift out to you. We will see you at the next episode.